my thing is like, I have to wake up every single day and like look myself dead in the eyes and just be realistic and, you know, hold myself accountable. And I think he's huge on that. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. It's your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is Illinoisan and Chicagoan Haley Agello, 2011 Cadet World Champ, 2016 Olympian, 2017 World Team member, and most recently, about three months ago, Haley announced her comeback to the sport. And this past weekend, folks, she took third at the U.S. Senior Nationals. Great to have Haley on the podcast, and I hope you enjoy it. Fan of the week goes to... Fan of the week goes to our friend Leo Quezada out in Alexandria, Virginia. Thanks so much for the support on Twitter. We greatly appreciate it. Leo is a George Mason University alum, and he's currently the head coach at Fairfax High School. Thank you so much for the support. We greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, folks, let's give it up for this episode with Haley Agello. Haley Agello, welcome back to the podcast. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to talk. You're you announced your comeback. You're back on the mat, and I love you know watching another Illinois legend out there making it happen. I'm so excited to talk. I've listened to all the interviews you've done on the comeback, so I have a lot of good questions. Let's just start though with. 2022 you start coaching with with the Gomez girls and is that kind of like your resurgence back into the sport after the Olympics and kind of getting back into coaching yeah so after the Olympics and then uh 2017 I made the senior world team um I was kind of you know one foot out the door uh after the Olympics and then you know making that world team it kind of solidified that you know my heart wasn't in it anymore um, and I stepped away from the sport and, uh, you know, when I stepped away, I had like the worst taste in my mouth, uh, with wrestling. So it wasn't something that I wanted to keep as part of my life. Um, I kind of wanted to get away from it. I kind of, you know, was blaming a lot of, um, my, I just had a lot of resentment, I guess. And, um, I took a little step back and yeah. And then I started to coach and I was loving coaching, but I still wasn't like in that mindset where I wanted to get on the mat. Um, it was never really a, a thought in my brain that, Oh, I'm going to come back. It was just coaching. Really? So you weren't like the whole time kind of like wishing or itching to get back. You were, you were content in what you were doing at the time. 
Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I watched Worlds, I watched the Olympics. And I think when that time of year comes around, everyone's like, oh, do you miss it? Do you wish you were out there? And it was like very easy answer. No. Um, yeah, I wasn't like, oh, I wish I was there. Like, I should start training. There was no, um, there was no thoughts of that. Um, it was kind of a sudden thought recently. <laughs> well, let's get to it. What happened? Um, so I think, I think there's a lot, like a lot that plays into it that all happened at once and happened really fast. Um, but I think what kickstarted it the most was being at Worlds in person, um, seeing uh, Team USA, um, obviously Adeline Gray. Uh, I feel like being around her, it was just super motivating. You know, her story is insane. She has twins. You know, she's a year out from giving birth and she's out there like, like, (laughs) yeah, like, you know, just having, and it's not even like the wrestling part. Like I, you know, I watched the wrestling, loved it. It was cool, all that, but just seeing like, you know, this team USA is just such an inspiring team to watch. Obviously men's freestyle is like insane. Um, But, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of seeing behind the scenes as a coach, seeing Adeline and Sarah and Macy Kapilti and these girls, like just having like the time of their lives. and it. brought me back to when I was in that position. And, you know, I had such a bad mindset towards the sport, uh, towards training, towards what I was doing. I wasn't having fun. It was very serious. I, I, I have this like habit of getting very serious. Like I'm very, like a tendency to be a very serious person. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes it being that serious all the time can make things less enjoyable and watching them like enjoy the process and have this like very positive mindset. And then also like transferring that onto the mat, going out there and um, um, letting that come to fru- uh, fruition in front of the world. Um, it was just very inspiring to be around. And I kind of wanted, um, I think my mindset seeing that was like, I want to give it another shot, but I want to do it different this time. Yeah, no, it sounds, it sounds like that Penn State approach a little bit, right? Where it's not just so serious all the time and like being yeah. around that it's got to be exciting. Oh yeah. I'm a big bandwagon Penn state fan. So <laughs> you hit the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. That, so. Well, it sounded, it's, it kind of sounded like that. And in Adeline Gray, that is an incredible story. I didn't realize it was that close a year out from having kids. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So what, what were you at the worlds? Were you coaching or a training partner or just watching? Yeah, I was there coaching, um, for a girl on the uh, team Mexico. So I was there as a coach. Um, and I kind of, you know, got to be in the practice room and, the sauna, um, you know, in the warm up area. So I got to see a lot of like behind the scenes from a different perspective. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. And, you know, you talk a lot about kind of the struggles you went through after 2016 and after 2017. And that's, that's very common. I mean, have you watched the show? It's called the weight of gold. Um, I have not seen it, but I've heard a lot about it and I've read articles on it and yeah, it's very, I've read a lot of, um, articles on, you know, this, uh, post-Olympic depression type of thing. And, um, it is, it's relatable. So what walk us through it for you? Like, so you go to the Olympics and then how soon after, and like, what, what, how did you kind of work your way out of it? Um, immediately after the Olympics, I felt, um, like withdrawn. Um, I felt I was 21 years old, so I was also super young. And, um, I just remember like, yeah, that's (laughs) hard. That's hard to believe. Wow. Yeah. So I just remember like having this like, you know, ongoing like thought in my head of like, I'm 21 years old and I just did like the coolest, biggest, 
you know, most memorable thing in my life. And like, now what? And I just like, that was on replay in my head every day, every minute of every day. Like, you know, this it's that I, I did it. You know, this was my goal for so long since I was a kid when I was nine years old and entered into this sport. Um, you know, me and my dad, this is what we planned for. And then it's over. And like, it's like a fleeting moment and then it's over. And um, obviously not the results I wanted. I didn't bring home a medal. Um, and it just, I remember, I don't know if, I think I did an interview and I remember saying like, um, it felt like, you know, things that used to be little sacrifices were turning into like these huge, huge sacrifices. So I felt like I was giving up my life and um, giving up a lot of things that I, you know, thought were huge sacrifices. Um, and it didn't seem worth it to me at, at that time. It's crazy because it happens from what I hear and read and, and watching that film, it happens pretty soon after, like you get back, maybe there's like a welcome party. And then like two days later, everyone goes back to work and you're just at home by yourself. And it's like, wow, like a week ago, I was just at the Olympics. And now it's, and then it's like getting excited to train again after that. David Taylor was just on. He said that was brutal for him. Like he just had no motivation to train after the Olympics. Yeah. Huge, huge David Taylor fan, but yeah, he, um, he hit the nail on the head with that. Um, I got home two days later, my dad was driving me to Bristol, Tennessee to go back to King. Um, and you know, life was just like moving on. And I felt like I wasn't, I was like stuck in that moment and it was just, you know, here and gone. Why do you think you had the resentment? Um, I, well, okay. So in the, at that time I felt, like I said, like the sacrifices, um, that was, that's where my head was at. Like I was giving up all these normal life experiences, um, but now reflecting back on it, I think I had resentment because um, I wasn't doing the right things. I was making excuses for myself. Um, I fell into a lot of bad habits after the Olympics. Um, and I was um, making excuses that I, you know, trained so hard. I, you know, ate healthy. I did everything right. I cut all this weight. Um, you know, I was doing all the things and I deserved to, you know, have this freedom and fall into these bad habits and I earned that for myself and um it was a bad mindset to have and it actually created um very a long long you know eight years of bad habits you know that if I didn't change could have been um detrimental to my health and my mindset so um mm -hmm. yeah so now reflecting I know it, I was making excuses for myself I you know had a weak mindset at the time I thought you know I deserved um, to act the way I was acting and have the habits I was having because of the sacrifices I made for the Olympics. And it's funny how like before it wasn't even something you thought about. And then after it became a, a chore, so to speak. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of even even folks who didn't reach that super high level, we, we know a lot of people in Illinois wrestling, and I'm sure other states too, that they don't have a good relationship with the sport anymore, whether they were like IKWF stars or high school stars. And it, it hurts me to see that, but I think that's, that's more common than people think. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, Illinois as you know, obviously a huge wrestling state on um, there's, I think um, a sense of pressure. If you're not having the right mindset, you could, you could really um, crumble under the pressure. Yeah. And I was looking back at kind of, so we just talked about the Olympics before the Olympics. So I forgot that when you won the Olympic trials, you still had to go and qualify the weight. Yeah. <laughs> Where was that at? Mongolia. They pick like yeah. the most random places for these qualifiers. Like 
What was that experience like going over there? Were you with your, by yourself? Did you have a whole team with you? Um, so we had all the people that weren't qualified yet. So we had a, a, a pretty good chunk of people and it was crazy. Probably one of my wildest trips overseas. Um, you know, even I didn't get on. So it was 10 days after Olympic trials, which um, there's no secret there. I did drop a weight class. I was cutting a bit of weight. Um, so my body was having some reactions to that. So I have like two, <laughs> two, two funny stories, two funny Mongolian yeah. stories. But, um, you know, one day I was just sitting there and I was like, you know, just thinking. And I like mentioned to the coaches, I was like, I haven't like used the bathroom since before trials. And Momir, the Greco coach, like was so concerned. He was like, that's terrible. We need to get you to the hospital. And I'm, I won't go. To, I'm like one of those weirdos that like, I'm not going to the hospital. You couldn't make me. <laughs> So he's like running all over Mongolia, trying to find me anything that will help. And he's like, this is so terrible. Like, I don't think you understand the extent of how um, bad this is for your health. And then, you know, then we got our massage therapist, like rub my stomach and everything was fine after that. But it was just like, it's like an embarrassing story to think about. But it's just like so funny because everyone was like, everyone was talking about it too, about yeah. my my problem. And I was like, this, is so, this is so embarrassing. I wish I never said anything. You didn't and, um, think before that though, 12 days, there might be an issue here. It didn't even know, cross like, your mind. You were just so focused. I was like, I don't, I'm not eating much. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, not eating much. You know, my body, I'm just not eating much. So, you know, this is what it is. This is my life now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you cut to was, 48? Yeah. What? So what weight was that? Is that 101? 105. Wow. What were you cutting from, like walking around? Um. So walking around, I was probably at like high 120s. Um, but it wasn't like this terrible cut where I was like, dying um i had a great nutritionist uh, rob skinner who i actually give a lot of credit to um mm. and he knows that i've thanked him you know countless thank you rob if you're watching this <laughs> but um you know without him that would have been a hard and i don't know if i would have been able to you know have the performances i did without him and his um guidance and um education on the stuff so i never like i didn't you know wasn't in a sauna suit i wasn't you know putting in like all these extra miles, um, everything was done through my diet. So it wasn't like this terrible cut, but it wasn't, it was definitely a lifestyle and it was, um, a huge adjustment from what I was used to. You must've been eating lean during those days. Oh yeah. Yeah. We were cutting in, we were cutting into a little bit of muscle mass too. So there was, um, a lot of science behind it. A lot of, um, yeah. you know, a lot, a lot going into it and Rob really, uh, helped me out. And so that was story one. What's story two with Mongolia? So, the, so then, um, we go to the wrestling room and it's like a wrestling mat and like around the wrestling mat is like a, like sand. Like it's like, looks like, um, like a, a moat. What is that what it's called? Like, yeah, there's like a sand around the wrestling mat and, um, we walk in and it just smells like urine in there. And so then I'm like, this, I've not, I can't wrestle in here. Like I'm going to get sick. I'm going to get a disease. There's no chance. And so we're like watching and the guys, um, training there would, just pee off the side of the mat into the sand. God, so uh, I also, yeah. So I, I like, yeah, I refused to get on the mat. I, I wasn't going to do any wrestling mat workouts. So all of my training in that 10, 10 to 12 days um, for the qualifier was done on the one bike that we had at our hotel gym. <laughs> what? So, That's disgusting. That's yeah. crazy. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like these places where these trials are, 
Actually, maybe I'm thinking of another story. It was Georgi Ivanov. He went over there for Bulgaria, but it might have been the same year. So it probably was in Mongolia. Because I'm like, it's always I always feel like they're in like just these most barren random spots. And it's such a pressure packed tournament anyway, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's it's crazy because, you know, there was a lot of stuff working against us, but um, it's actually one of my favorite trips. Um, I have so many good memories there. Um, and obviously it was like one of my favorite moments, uh, you know, in my yeah. life qualifying. I, I was very, very happy um, that I got to do it myself. Um, I think a lot of people uh, were like, oh, that sucks that you have to go do this. Uh, you know, it should have been done. Like if you were in that mindset, but I was not, I was very, I felt very lucky that I got to do it myself. And I was really grateful that that was um, the situation I was in because I wanted to go yeah. qualify the way myself. I had actually never, so to qualify the way you had to make it to the finals um, of the tournament. And I also had never been in the finals of an international senior level tournament in my life. So um, it was also a test for myself. Wow. That's, yeah. that's some real growth there at that tournament. That's yeah. How many matches did you have to wrestle? I think I had three and then the finals. Okay. Whether it was the yeah. one, the semis one, was it super close or did you roll, roll through it? No, I wrestled well. I, I had a pretty easy time getting into the finals. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like the, you know, when you watch the Olympic trials, one of my favorite tournaments, you see all the emotion, but that was like that moment for you because now you're actually in the Olympics. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Like trials was kind of a little bit, I won and I was like, my instant thought was like, oh shit, like I just got myself into a can of worms. And then, you know, um, then once I, you know, qualified, it made, made that way. And there was a lot of talk about my weight. Um, and I think, you know, I tried to not let that get to me, but you know, um, through social media, just, you know, the wrestling world, this small little community, there was a lot of talk, like what if she goes to Mongolia and doesn't make weight? Can she make weight again in 10 days? Um, is that going to be possible for her? And I think, um, that's why I was like, you know, a little, like, it was kind of like a, almost a stressful moment because I was like, there's all this talk about the weight cut, me dropping down, um, being the four seed winning trials, you know, um, some people had it in their head that, you know, the plan was that the number one girl was going to win and she was going to go and all that. And it kind of, you know, threw a wrench in everyone's vision of what the Olympic team was going to look like. And, um, yeah, so it was just a little bit of like, a little pressure, but mm -hmm. you know, I, I like pressure and I, and, um, yeah, it was a nice moment to have. And I wanted, I wanted that moment for myself. So I, I felt very lucky, um, that that was my, um, path and I was happy that weight wasn't qualified yet, which sounds kind of crazy, but I wanted to do it myself. Yeah. And then after that happened, how long did you have until the Olympics? Um, I, I want to say like two or three months. What were you feeling motivated and excited leading up to that? Or what were you feeling in the lead up yeah, to the Olympics? Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of just like in like robot mode. I was training. I was, you know, everything was focused around my diet too. So um, a lot of times when I tell the story, like I could, I didn't even like leaving the training center because I didn't want to go too far and get, I was in a calorie deficit most of the time. So I would be like, I would get starving and I would get hangry and I would, you know, I would have headaches. So I didn't even like leaving the training center because I would be nervous that um, I wouldn't be able to find um, the food that was appropriate for my diet. So, you know, I was just kind of hyper-focused and I wanted, I knew that um, everyone at that weight class was working really hard. And I, you know, felt really lucky and blessed to have um, won and then qualified the weight. And I didn't want anyone to think I was taking it for granted. I wanted everyone to know I was serious and that, um, you know, 
that, you know, I was you were that dedicated. Wow. I mean, you, do you remember what like a day in the life of eating like was, was what you're, what you're eating back then? Yeah. Yeah. I could. Yeah. It's um, pretty simple. Like it wasn't like we were doing any um, fad diets or anything like that. It was all like pretty basic. I was eating two eggs in the morning um, with a piece of toast. And um, sometimes I could have a half avocado. Sometimes that wasn't (laughs) in the plan. Um, So the avocado days were like my favorite days. I love those days when I could have my little avocado. And then for lunch, um, um, I would do like protein, veggies, and then like a half a cup of carbs. So, and that was the same for dinner. And there wasn't much room for snacking throughout the day. So um, my life kind of revolved around those three meals. Wow. And I forgot that you lived at the OTC. Did you live out there for a whole year? Yeah. So I've lived out there on and off, I want to say for like five years. So I've spent a good chunk of time there. I love it too. Well, yeah. What's it like living on, on complex there and just kind of revolving your life around the training center? So now that, uh, you know, I've stepped away from the sport and done like, um, real, not, I don't want to say real life, but like life outside of wrestling, um, looking back, it's, it's so nice, right? Someone's cooking your meals. Um, you know, someone's taking your garbage out, you know, you don't really have to clean much besides your room. They clean your bathroom for you. Um, it's a very, um, privileged life and um yeah I'm happy I didn't take it for granted and uh I have a lot of good memories and I I don't ever look back at the training center with anything but um gratitude so it's it's a very nice uh lifestyle it's funny you say that because when I was doing the interviews for this Henry Cejudo documentary a lot of those guys from that era talked about how much they hated going out there like for camps like they would dread it and then Henry's like dude this is amazing out here that's a very common um that's a very common mindset that people have towards it, I would say. So, um, and, and I think you, your mind can get swayed if you listen to people complain and make excuses and blah, 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 whatever. Um, but I think that they're probably not having the right outlook on it. I think it's a, it's definitely a privilege to be there and it's very, um, it makes your life super easy and makes it, uh, they set you up for success. And I don't see, um, I can't see how it would ever be taken as a bad thing, but that is very, that's a very, very common um, uh, mindset word on word on the street type of thing um, about the training center. And there's a lot of, a lot of uh, team USA on the women's side still living out there, right? Yeah. Yes. Is that something you would ever do? Or are you, are you positioned here in Chicago for the next, next four to five years? Um, no, I'm going to be, I, I'll stay here. Um, I'm training at Izzy style with Izzy, uh, Izzy Martinez, he's my coach. Um, and I will stay with him as long as he'll have me. I really enjoy my situation and I'm grateful for the opportunity he's given me and I'm learning so much from him. Um, coaching, I'm still very passionate about coaching as well. So, um, not only do I get to learn from him, um, as an athlete and competitor, um, I'm learning a lot from him, um, from the coaching and, and business aspect too so I feel like I'm just like a little intern like following him around just trying to learn as much as I can um because he has so much knowledge and he's been very successful as a coach um in wrestling MMA you know um with his brand and his business so I um I will stay with him as long as he'll have me he's he's the best and the kind of he's one of those guys where you're around him you feel confident being around him and he just gives that you know what I mean it's like in you know, for us growing up, everyone knew the name and, you know, incredible coach. And like you said, businessman, all of it, but just, he's so passionate about the sport. And 
And I love that you're trading there. Yeah, I've act- I actually told him recently, I want to say like maybe a week or two ago that um, I'm not the same person that I was, you know, uh, eight weeks ago when I started training with him. He's uh, completely changed my life. So um, I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity and for him um, as a coach and as a, as a mentor. Um, he's changed my outlook on life, my um, mentality, um, just the way I see the world. So he's it's been life changing. How do you mean? Has it been like a like a, like is he like a, a big optimist or like just like the technical things you picked up or what 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 are some things that jump out? Um, there's like it's just funny because we've had like many conversations driving to tournaments together where we've just spent um, we've gotten to spend you know a lot of time together in a short in a short period of time. And just his, you know, the things he's um, confided in me about, you know, fear, about friendships, you know, about um, just everything, um, yeah. just life in general. Like my my main thing right now is staying in reality. Um, like I said, after the Olympics, I got into all these bad habits and I, um, I don't drink anymore. So that's been um, a big thing for me. And I think not making excuses for myself and just keeping myself in reality where it's like, you know, sometimes like, you know, or anyone can get into this like mindset where it's like, oh, everyone's against me. Oh, this, you know, making excuses. This is why I did this. And like, my thing is like, I have to wake up every single day and like, look myself dead in the eyes and just be realistic and, you know, hold myself accountable. And I think he's huge on that. So it's like, it's fitting for what I'm trying to do right now and the path I'm trying to stay on. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very fitting, um, his outlook on life and on fear and on, you know, just, you know, being a good man or woman or wrestler or person. Um, it's, it's a, we aligned at a good time for me. And he, and like, he's doing this at, at the senior level. He's doing it at the youth level. Like his impact is so big in the state. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what does a day in the life look like for you right now? between coaching, so, wrestling, training. Yeah, so um I'm coaching high school boys right now. Um taking a little step back from the girls club, so I'm helping out at a high school out here. Um so I'll wake up, we do 5 a.m.s uh two or three times a week, so 5 a.m. I go, I I do the same thing the boys are doing. Um and then uh I'll come home, eat, um I'll go lift, um come home, eat lunch, and then I go to practice. And, um, yeah, so then practice will lead me right to nighttime and then I go to sleep. <laughs> so it's, um, yeah, I really, uh, have tried to simplify my life. I live four minutes away from the gym, um, from the wrestling, from the wrestling gym. And then mm-hmm. from where I lift, um, I'm four minutes from the wrestling gym, six minutes from where I, uh, lift. And, um, I, everything's just very simple routine, um, just staying on track and not, um, you know, breaking my stride right now. Living like a Spartan right now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, and yeah. And I think uh, coaching, you know, being a woman in a role of coaching uh, young men, um, young, impressionable men, um, it's like you have to lead by example. Um, I think any coach should probably do that too, anyway, but also like just being in the role I am in the position mm-hmm. in the situation that it, it is. Um, I have to, you know, I have to walk the walk, talk. If I'm going to talk the talk, got to walk the walk and, um, you know, just lead by example mm-hmm. as much as I can. So when you're doing the morning workouts, so Izzy Styles Club, they're doing morning workouts or is it like the local high school Montini? 
No, oh. right now we're um, I'm at IC Catholic Prep. Um, okay. So it's hi- it's high school season. So uh, okay. Right now the club stuff's not going on. Um, but we, uh, you know, I'll I'm coaching that- and then also training. That's what I thought. I'm like, man, like if they're doing, if he's got the club kids going with the high school stuff in the morning too, that'd be crazy. No, just high school stuff right now, and then in summer we'll do the club stuff. Okay. So and then I, I heard you. S- say in the interview you did with Kyle Klingman that you're even looking at 2028, which is cool to hear that. Like how, yes, go ahead. So when I um, decided I was going to come back uh, and wrestle, um, I almost was going to just look over this year and just train for 28 um, Mm. because it was, um, it was, it's happening fast. um, And I've been off the mat. The last time I wrestled in competition was 2018 Pan Am's. And because of my resentment towards the sport, I was not, I didn't get on the mat. I can probably, you know, count how many times I've been on the mat in the last five years and it's not many. Um, so I wasn't training. I don't, I didn't get on the mat for fun. I didn't roll around with the the girls. I it, like, um, you know, I would try to, I would show moves and I would talk them through moves, but I never like, you know, I, I wasn't one of those coaches that like jump in, roll around. Um, you weren't so doing live goes like, even. No, no, no. I, uh, no, I've, yeah, no. Wow. So, <laughs> so you decide, so the world's, I'm thinking the timeline here, cause you just wrestled at the Feral. The worlds were in September. You decide maybe sometime after that. So how long would you say you've been back on the mat training for two months or not even that? Yeah. So I'm, I'm coming on seven weeks on the mat. Wow. And yeah. to go compete with, only that kind of experience for since 2018. I mean, obviously you're an Olympian. It comes right back. Right. But still the, there's a lot of things, you know, that, that may not, what, what have you noticed is like the hardest thing to get used to? Is it the timing, the, the conditioning? Yeah, it's, um, I'm not in six minute mat shape. Um, so that, yeah. So conditioning is, you know, a lot of a main focus of mine right now, but also, um, I think going to the Bill Farrell was super helpful to me. I went in very realistic about what my situation was. Um, and, you know, I think um, it was helpful to me because I feel I felt delayed. Um, I would have thoughts and then it took me about a second and a half to um, have my body do it. So the timing, um, footwork mm-hmm. and yeah, the technique is there, you know, it's, there's muscle memory and, and it's almost like, I feel like I even know more from coaching um, from you know, observing and mm-hmm. seeing what, um, you know, the, where I I've seen like across the board in America and the world, um, where there's little um, mistakes that could be corrected. Um, I've been a student of the sport. Um, I took coaching very serious. So, um, I paid attention to all that. So, um, I could apply that to myself, but, um, also just, uh, you know, the timing of it, having my brain and body all, you know, working together, um, and just the footing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it's crazy because you jumped on the scene so young and had reached a peak at, as you said, 21. And though, and so even though you've been out a few years, like you're still in, in prime athletic shape, you know, 28, 29, 30, like that's, that's the, the prime athlete shape. So you have, you know, technically another eight to 10 years, you could do it if you wanted. So it's, it's cool yeah. to see that, that second chance and you're going for it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, uh, that was my mindset when, you know, I called my dad first and I was like, I, you know, I do have, you know, a few cycles left in me, but, um, you know, that time is, is going to come and go. So it has to be now or never. So, what did he say? <laughs> he was very, very excited. My dad loves wrestling. <laughs> um, yeah, this is like his dream come true. 
I don't think we ever thought we were going to be back in this position. You know, he, this summer he came and watched me practice at Izzy style. And um, I can, I know he's, I didn't, I think he thought we were never going to be back there. I think he was worried about me and um, you know, the, after the Olympics, after I retired, um, you know, just with my lifestyle, I think it was concerning to him and my mom, um, you yeah. know, and that's like one thing too, you know, they were, they were so supportive of my wrestling and um, it was like a selfish time in my life. So they didn't ask anything for me. They just blindly supported me. And then when wrestling was over, when it was like my turn to, you know, be, you know, they were the best parents. Like, and then when it was my turn to be, you know, not an athlete anymore and a daughter, I was, I was failing at it. And um, so yeah. I think this is just very, like, I think they're very happy, um, not only with wrestling, just my lifestyle changes. I think that's like more so um, what they're happy about, but the wrestling is like a, a nice little bonus, especially for my dad. Yeah. Larry legend. One of yeah. the, uh, <laughs> I remember the, I just think when I see your name or his name on Twitter, like a little part of me still just goes back to the force. That was the club you were in, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 He was like all excited. He's like, I'm coming out of retirement too. I'm, I'm coming out of my coaching retirement. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so who are your yeah, main so workout happy. partners at Izzy? Um, so I've been wrestling uh, with the IC prep guys um, right okay. now. Um, Izzy at Izzy style, I can literally reach out my hand and grab a partner in any direction. Cause we have a huge team. Yeah. Um, now with a, a smaller high school team, I'll wrestle with the 106, uh, 113 pounder. Um, I kind of just go back and forth, uh, with them too. So nice. Yeah. And yeah. it's, you know, too, like just being around that environment, there's always guys and girls coming in and, you know, especially with the Midlands coming up, that'll be fun. And yeah, I just think it's awesome to see that to see that you're back on the mat. I mean, how long ago was it when they put you in the Lockport Hall of Fame? Like that wasn't too long ago, right? Yeah, no, it couldn't have been too long ago. Probably within the last five years, I would say. Yeah, and yeah, then it was, it was recent. Back at it. So it's been awesome to have you on, and I'm just so excited for you. And it's it's gonna be cool to see you wrestle throughout the next part of your career, but then also, you know, some of the changes you've talked about coaching and, and like distilling that to other other people throughout your coaching yeah. career. Yeah, I love coaching. I'm, I'm super passionate about it. So it's been nice to kind of find a way to mesh uh, both um, training and then also coaching into my life. Um, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. And it's, you know, a learning curve, but I have, you know, the best, the best mentor to learn from. So um, I'm just taking it all in and learning how I can be um, better every day and just keep pushing forward, no steps back, just keep grinding. What's the next tournament for you? I'll be at the U.S. Open in Texas uh, two weeks from tomorrow. Let's go. All right. That'll be fun. I'm yeah. excited to watch you. And Haley, it's so good to have you on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Any last words before we sign off? I just want to thank uh, thank you. And then um, also I was really nervous to like tell people I was coming back. Obviously, I was excited to tell my dad, um, but just like my my friends in the sport and um, past coaches and, um, you know, JM over at King, uh, who's been a, co a great coach and mentor to me. Um, I was nervous to tell people, I don't know, I thought I was gonna be met with a lot of doubt and a lot of resistance. And everyone's been super supportive of the decision and ex even like excitement and seeing excitement from people. Um, it's been, um, it's been super welcoming. And I'm very, very grateful for that. So I want to just thank, um, you know, my support system, my teammates, um, just everyone. Um, my coaches here, Izzy, obviously, thank you so much. And Danny and the IC prep guys for um, the IC Catholic prep guys, just, you know, 
you know, being on, on board with this too. Um, I just have a great support, uh, support system right now. And I'm super, super grateful for all, um, the support and being met with like, uh, grace and excitement. And, um, I think that's been uh, huge because I was not expecting it. I, I don't know why I was expecting, um, kind of negative feedback, but, um, I was pleasantly surprised with, um, everyone's excitement and support. So uh, thank you to everyone. And thank you to you for having me on. Yeah, no, of course. It's, uh, it's funny to think that you would be nervous because I was first when I saw it, I was just so excited. I'm like, that's amazing. So, yeah, I think it's a uh, it's all around good and can't wait to watch you in, in two weeks and, you know, really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Take care. You too. Folks, thanks for listening to the Wrestling Change My Life podcast. To support the show, please go to our online store and check out our merch. It's store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. We have stickers, hoodies, t-shirts. Again, it's store.wrestlingchangemylife.com. Check out the merch store, and we'll see you next time on Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!